everybody it's tuesday that means that means it's doable discipleship day uh i i love doable doable discipleship day i hope that you do too brandon do you love doable discipleship day of course i love it that's why i'm here good i I, i'm glad to hear that um so um we've said it probably four or five times already but this is doable discipleship a saddleback church podcast designed to help you deepen your faith or as brandon shouts to the rooftops (laughs) i don't shout to the rooftop Uh, but the show that helps you grow sorry jason that's all right that's all right um so we are continuing in our time series i'm happy to be back with you this is my first one back in the time series in in quite a little bit so um yeah welcome back thank you it's been going great i've been loving all all of, uh, of the conversations and um so we are continuing we got um i think what one or two more after this. I don't remember mm-hmm. um, off the top of my head, but we've been really enjoying this conversation here just around all aspects of time and how, how God th- thinks about time, how we think about time and how we um, incorporate and live out just this idea of time and how we can use it as a resource, how we think about it in terms of waiting or how we think about it in terms of redeeming time and whatnot. So uh, we are excited to continue that conversation. We have a very special guest who is joining us today to talk about our next part about time. So Brandon, why don't you intro Sarah for us? Yes. So like Jason said, we have Sarah Cruz joining us today. Now, um, I actually got to work with Sarah. Uh, My first job and experience at Saddleback was, you weren't my boss, but you were a little bit of my boss part-time you're like a part-time boss for me um but i got to know sarah pretty well she has an amazing heart she's the creative director at saddleback actually and before that you were the chief storyteller um so she has a way with words with writing with um aesthetics and seeing things in a creative way and i think that also um she thinks about things a little differently in a good way uh, so I think it'll be a really big blessing to us. Sarah, you've been at Saddleback for um, not, no, more than nine years. It is nine now. years. At or is it nine years? Mm-hmm. Okay, nine years Easter. So you have some skin in the game. You've been at Saddleback for a while. Um, but you've also been, you've seen some things. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say too, I think in my, in the first time I saw Sarah was, she is also a worship leader. Uh, here too. Oh, yeah, that's and right. So that's I remember right. when I first started at the church doing, I was taking foundations and Sarah would come and lead worship quite a number of times. Oh, so yeah. that was, a, that, 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 that was my first exposure to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So you've that's been in different roles. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I first got connected at the church was serving mm-hmm. on the worship team. As a oh, woman. that's awesome. Oh, no way. Yeah. <laughs> that's really cool. That's really cool. So Sarah, we're glad you're here. We are very thankful that you're here. We're excited to, uh, get a conversation going and hear from you. Thanks. Me too. Awesome. Cool. Okay. So, so first we're going to get some background kind of stuff, just kind of set the table a little bit. So just tell us a little bit. I don't think I've ever asked this question, <laughs> but it's what, who was teenage Sarah? What was she like? What was she into? What was she about? I just give some kind of a background table setting here on who was Sarah. <laughs> Such a big question. Right? <laughs> uh, gosh, I think I was just like quintessential self-absorbed teenager. I just like, thinking back to teenage life, I was, you know, I played sports. I was in the choir. I was in theater. Had, you know, my group of friends. I was a church kid. So, you know, going on mission trips and stuff. But like, I don't 
yeah, I think I was mostly just absorbed in my own little bubble of life. Hmm. <clears throat> and so, so you say that you were um, involved with a lot of different things, in, including being a church kid. Is that something that you think that you, well, I should say, remember um, living out what being a church kid was like in all these different areas? Was that a part of how you um, operated and thought of yourself fully, or were they each kind of separate buckets and you had like your sports friends and you kind of were a sports, a sports kid with your sports friends, a theater kid with your theater friends, church kid with your church friends, or was it all kind of a part of who you are kind of thing? I don't think the two, like my, you know, kind of life in the church and my life outside, I don't think they really aligned probably Mm -hmm. until I would say like my late twenties. So I think when you grow up in the church, it's like, it's like almost cultural, you know, more so than like really informing how you're, you're doing things. So I was going on mission trips, but I was also, you know, trying to get in trouble. And my mom was like the queen troublemaker. So the only reason I didn't get in worse trouble is that she just like had her eyes on me (laughs) more than I would have preferred. But, um, so it wasn't like a hundred percent different in all those areas, but I think it was something that was like, you know, I just, I grew up in it. So it was just kind of, you know, part of my life in that sense. Yeah. I can absolutely relate to that. That sounds a lot like my upbringing. Church was a part of it. We went to church, mm-hmm. but in my head, it wasn't connected to anything else. It was yeah. like sports over here, then, you know, school stuff. And then there's, oh yeah. Then we always go to church on Sunday. Cause that's just a part of, mm-hmm. that's what we do as a family. Um, but it wasn't integrated into the rest of my life really in any ways, unless I I needed something and I had to pray about something. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I think it was more like, like that, or like, maybe I just had like a stronger sense of guilt than the average kid, you know, because I went to church, but I don't know if it was (laughs) on that. (laughs) I'm with you. I am so with you on that. (laughs) I don't know if we should be doing that. Uh, Okay. (laughs) I will just feel the guilt. At least you stopped to think twice. (laughs) <laughs> doesn't mean you're not you just think twice yeah. about it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay so so moving a little bit forward then so what was your experience like with school and as as a young adult what was that like was it the same or did things start to change a little bit yeah I think in terms of school I mean my nobody in my family had a college degree. So, you know, my parents obviously wanted me to be educated, but it wasn't a huge focus. So going from Mm. high school to not in high school, education wasn't like a huge thing. I didn't go from high school to like a four-year university. Um, So, you know, when I graduated high school, I had I had gotten into uh, Cal State, which is not that hard to get into, but um, I don't not Cal State. I was there too. <laughs> I'm just saying, I just I definitely wasn't like a you know like a super academic kid. But I think I just mentioned it to my parents, like, yeah, I'm gonna go to Cal State Fullerton. And my mom was like, well, how are you gonna pay for that? I don't know. <laughs> you're like, you're like, wait, but I wanted to go. Don't knock me down. I about money, I didn't realize that was a part, a big part of college. Um, so I ended up going to community college. So um, I feel like school was just, I don't know, it was just something that we were like sort of doing, but it wasn't important to me. I just didn't really see the point of it. In, in terms of school, I think my biggest 
impression of community college was like, you don't have to go. No one's going to call your parents if you don't show up to class. So I just like, just wouldn't show up. I'd skip the day of the final just because I could. So I, I did a terrible job of, of being a student. I actually, I actually got kicked out of two community colleges. Oh, oh no. no that's possible, but you can get kicked <laughs> out of community college for having... Oh, you learned something new. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that's me in school. And then just as a person, um, you know, in my early 20s, I ended up deconstructing my faith. You know, I feel like it's it's so important if you grow up in the church, there has to be that moment where you really, like, it's no longer your parents' faith. It's no longer just like cultural, but it's a thing that you grab a hold of for yourself. So I deconstructed my faith all the way down to the studs. And I think I'm so grateful. I had a pastor friend who would, um, sit with me and have coffee with me every week and just let me ask my questions. I think just like growing up in the church and just saying, I don't think I believe in God anymore. That is like the scariest statement. But when you have the safety Mm -hmm. net of somebody to walk you through that, I think it's so important. And at the time I like, I always laugh because I was like a, you know, like a goth punk kind of, you know, kid at the time. So I'm sitting there in a coffee shop with like dyed black hair and a fishnet shirt. I can picture pen. you goth punk. I cannot picture that. And, uh, yeah. I'm an Enneagram four. So I have reinvented mm, myself. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So yeah, I would just picture myself sitting there and he's like this, you know, button down pastor guy, but he's just letting me ask my questions. That's really, that's really interesting. So I'm, I'm really curious. You've, you've piqued my curiosity here. So <laughs> young Sarah, young adult Sarah. So you, by your own words, kicked out of two community colleges, <laughs> right? You're, you're deconstructing your faith at the time. Um, really, I would imagine your worldview had been flipped upside down. Mm-hmm. Did what did that feel like? Did you feel like you were losing a sense, your sense of time? And I asked that for this reason, because when I was in college, my freshman year, where it kind of your faith comes to a crossroads, or at least mine did, and it was like, okay, what do I really believe? I think I believe this. I want to believe this, but now it's up to me if I'm if this is going to be play any significant role in my life because I'm not at home. I'm not, there's no expectation. At the time I was in Virginia, it's just me. So what am I gonna what, what am I gonna do? And I remember feeling a sense of I better make this decision quick because whatever whatever way I'm gonna land or whatever way I'm gonna go, I'm I felt like I was losing time or like I was wasting time. So I, I felt a pressure of like I gotta decide quickly what I'm gonna do, what's what I'm going to believe. Cause I got to get after something. I got to be moving somewhere. Um, did you feel anything like that? What, what was going on in your head and your heart at that time? Um, what did you feel like? I think for me, it was more so just like always wanting to figure out like, who am I? And like, what is my place in the world? And like, who am I becoming? And I, so it was less about like, time and a journey because I didn't have a specific idea of like what I wanted my life to look like. I think for me in my 20s, it was a really hard road of trying to figure out who I was. 
um, you know, if we're, if we're spilling all the tea today, when I was <laughs> in my, my late teens, early twenties, I got mixed up with a guy that was like 13 years older than me. And he was actually a well-known worship leader at the time. And so my like sense of identity just got totally rocked. So I've got like that going on. Mm-hmm. I'm deconstructing my face. So it was just this like, thing of, like, I don't even know like who I am. Like, do I even believe all the stuff that was handed to me? Um, mm-hmm. So it was, I, I did feel the, like the pressure to figure it out. Um, I remember sitting in my apartment when I was maybe like 21 and I just thought like, if I don't figure this out, if I don't, you know, if I don't get like do internal work and get some healing, I'm going to lead a terrible life. Like I could like fast forward and see myself as a mother. Mm. Like I'd be a terrible mom because I was angry (laughs) and I like, I, like people used to joke and call me the ice queen because I was just so angry. And I think it's because I just didn't, you know, I didn't know who I was. Um, So less than a sense of like time, it was more so like, who am I going to be? And I can feel that it's like, I need to figure this out, but I don't know how. Was there anything as you're going through this process, right? Was there anything, was there like a, a catalyst moment where you thought, Okay. Was it that moment sitting in your apartment at 21 or was it kind of just a slow building or compounding of uh, little moments that made you go, wait a second, I need to do something else or something, something needs to change. Or was it that one quick catalyst moment sitting in your apartment at, at 21? What was that like? Honestly, I feel like now when I look back on my 20s, like there was obviously a lot of good things in my life, but I feel like I just floated through a lot of my 20s, just not really knowing, you know, I was like in and out of community college, obviously I was, you know, I was still involved with church and stuff, but I didn't really have a strong sense of purpose. And I started working when I was in high school um, in the construction industry, because that's where my parents worked and they got me a job. And so uh, school was never tied to income for me because it did, it wasn't tied to my parents' income. It wasn't tied to mine, but, um, so I was working and I always hated my jobs. I just thought I was lazy, but it turns out I was just in the wrong kind of job because I was always in like admin oh, wow. or like jobs that required a lot of organization. Um, so at some point I, you know, I didn't really feel the need to have a degree until it started to hold me back. Um, so I only went back to school um, to, to get a degree so that it wouldn't hold me back, you know, for my resume. So it's like, I didn't have like, it's just funny. Cause now I look at my life and it feels like it's this like very clear plan. Like the growth is so clear and laid out, but mm. it just didn't feel like that at the time. It just felt like kind of feeling my way in the dark. Um, that pastor friend that would sit with me, you know, and I'm asking him about like, you know, who am I? What's my calling? What do I do in life? And he always just encouraged me to like, take my eyes off the bigger question, you know, cause I want like the big question. And he's like, you know, that's important, but it's also important not to, not to stay still and stagnant while you're waiting for clarity. It's better to take a step and take a step in the wrong direction than to stay still and never to move. And so he was trying to get me to focus on like, what's the next right step that you can take um, and I know when I've had interns at Saddleback, that's the, that's a very common conversation is like, you know, what do I do after college? What do I do after my internship? And like, that's an important question, but also like, what's the next right step that you can take? Cause that's what you can control. You can't control five, 10 years down the line. That's so good. Um, 
what you're saying, like in a waiting season or in a holding pattern and taking that next right step. And that's similar advice that I got um, when I was deciding, should I get in ministry or should I not? What should I do? Kind of what should I do with my life around that same age? I think I was 20, maybe 22 at the time. Um, and a guy that was mentoring me, he, he led like a men's study that I was a part of. He was like, well, you, you gotta like press the gas and go somewhere mm-hmm. um, and let God direct you. He's like, he said something like God can't, God can't uh, steer a parked car. So you just, yeah. you gotta take a step of faith somewhere. And for my personality, waiting, not knowing, but feeling that urge or desire of I got to do something, I got to turn somewhere. Um, that just brings on so much inner turmoil and anxiety because I want to have a very clear, like I'm taking the best step I could possibly take. Not I'm just taking a step somewhere. Um, but so I have, I have a hard time with, with waiting. I have a hard time with seasons of, of things that, uh, aren't clear and having to wait and still in that having to move and take steps of faith somewhere. Um, because when I project out, I'm going, okay, if I take the wrong step now, I'm going to derail the next six or seven years of my life. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. So I have to take the right step. That's going to, bring the best next six or seven years Mm -hmm. of my life. And I'm starting to realize I don't think it really works like that. Um, I don't think you derail the next decade of your life Um, that God gets in there somehow and he starts working and changing and moving things around, rearranging things, stacking things in different order where you look back and you go, Oh, this was actually things that things have worked out for me or things. Maybe I wouldn't have chosen that, but I see the fruit that came from that. Uh, and I think that's really important to understand when we talk about taking steps, when we talk about being in a waiting season and having to, to take that step somewhere, um, that God is so far out ahead of you in those times. Yeah. And I think um, that's just such a picture of God's grace because, you know, like the Bible says, if you're asking for bread, he's not going to give you a stone. And so I think, especially if your heart is, God, I want to do what you want me to do. And you know, that angst of like, what if I do the wrong thing? But the clarity of hindsight can show me now that in all of my, like, I never, I didn't like, I didn't have my eyes on the prize of being a creative director. I didn't have my eyes on the prize of working in ministry. Like none of it I had any idea of, I was just like step, step, step in the midst of it, like wrestling with God. Like, I'm sure he's tired of me wrestling with him, but you know, I tend to do things the hard way. (laughs) So, but in all of that, like now with hindsight, I can see it's God's grace that I didn't know where I was going. I was just trying, like, I really did want to follow him. I did really did want to um, discover his heart for me. And now I can see grace weaving that into a story to get me into a really sweet spot that I just never saw coming. What were some, some things that you learned about God and about your relationship with him through that wrestling? So as you said, like you have that period where you are are going back and forth, you're wrestling, you're trying to discover your identity for yourself and who God made you to be. And we're not at Saddleback yet. So what what were some of those kind of key nuggets that 
God worked in you at that time? Um, I think it's, I think there's a lot of grace. I think God, you know, like I said, I, I tend to do things the hard way. So I definitely took the long way around to, you know, discovering who I am. It wasn't until like my early thirties that I really feel like, like, I feel like I spent most of my twenties kind of like crawling my way back out of kind of like a pit of like depression of like, who am I? And so I kindly like, finally feel like I surfaced in my early thirties. And I feel like, you know, there's a lot of ways that God could direct my path, but I think he gives us, you know, so much leeway to discover it for ourselves. Um, and in that you're developing your strength of character, you're growing your roots with him. Um, I think I can see, you know, it's, it's really helpful to understand like my, my comfort and my getting what I want isn't God's highest goal for me. It's forming me into the likeness of Christ, which means that some of the roads are going to be harder than others. Um, and I think there are things that he's let me go through and that I've gone through and that he's walked me through. And I can see, you know, any, any part of my life where there's been a weight or there's been a wrestle has been the most formative part of my life. And I used to like read the scripture about, you know, having joy and gratitude and tribulation. I'm like, <laughs> no, <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't, like, I don't get that. Um, but now again, with the clarity of hindsight, I can be grateful for all of that because I do have a much more solid, like rich foundation, um, to, to live from now because of all of the, the uncertainty. God didn't just leave me in my uncertainty. He definitely like led me through it. Um, mostly through people and I'm, I'm pretty hard headed. So I don't know, you know, if somebody had said like, this is the way to go and this is how God wants you to learn. I probably would have been like, Nope, not listening. I have to do it my own way. But you know, God just, God honored like how he made me, um, to lead me through a, a growth process, I guess you could say. Yeah, that's, uh, I love that. One of the things that you said that I'm, but still I've been chewing on, uh, was wrestling and waiting. And I don't know if they're, cause they're both W's start with W's, but there's something there, a wrestling and waiting. And it's, it's, I want to say too, it's okay to wrestle, to wrestle with God. That's not a, I think there's something really beautiful in that wrestling and in that struggle that, that does not mean that you don't have faith or that you don't love God or that you don't care. I think it really comes from that desire to wrestle with God comes from a, uh, desire to, to know God more and the desire to know yourself more, um, which are two crucially, crucially, crucially important things if we're going to walk with God. Um, and I'm almost starting to think, man, maybe God leads us into these waiting seasons so that we can wrestle, so that we can know him more, so that we can know ourselves more, so that we can empathize with other people and help them in, there's, in these waiting and wrestling seasons. But I'm really starting to think there's a, there's a strong connection between waiting and wrestling. And Sarah, one of the things that you wrote it was on your Instagram, but this line jumped out to me. It said you, you were, it was a post about, I think it was in your office now. And, um, it was like all the cool different projects you're working on. It was like a film, a branding project. Uh, there's a bunch of lanyards from different, um, conferences and things that you've gotten to be a part of and probably spoken at and these different things. Um, and you reference like, 
going from dropping out of college to where you're at now. And he said, you said, it's crazy how God can turn dead ends into new roads previously unimaginable. I think that's really well said and well put. Uh, But I'm curious, what made you look up and realize that God had turned it from a dead end into a new road? What made you realize, oh my gosh, I am 100% absolutely on a new road. And there's lane and road and pavement out ahead of me. And this is exciting. Um, Because I think we all want to be in that place and in that season of time where we're going, this is good. We've entered into a good season. And there's a lot of road out ahead. And that's exciting. What made you look up and realize that that that's what had taken place? Um, I don't know if it's just the, you know, the milestone, like it was my nine year work anniversary early this year, which is, I just, you know, it's crazy to think about nine years in in one place. Um, but I think that, you know, the, 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 like, what's the next step? What's the next step? And I, I know for myself, I like, I never feel like I'm like hitting my stride or I'm doing a great job. I'm always like self-doubting, like, oh, I, you know, I want to be a better leader. I want to be a better creative. I want to be a better writer. I want to be, you know, better, better, better. And so it's, I realize that it's just this like head down mentality that I've had for all of these years focused on trying to be better, which I think is great. It's kind of that like next step mentality. But um, I think the the other side of that coin is not, pausing and stopping long enough to look at what's happened. Um, Mm -hmm. But also sometimes it's the, the movement and the growth is so small. It doesn't really seem like much. So I think there was something about, you know, that board, I think the the film that I worked on, which is the Saddleback origins film was just, it was a, you know, we're marking a milestone for the church. It was so, it was the first time Saddleback's ever done anything like that. It was a huge honor to be a part of it. So I think there were these momentous things happening in the year and it caused me to be, you know, introspective about it as well. And I just, uh, with nine years of working at the church, now I can see what all of that, like daily faithfulness, like showing up every day, trying to do my best, failing a lot of the time and letting that shape me into a better creative, a better Jesus follower, a better leader. Now enough time has passed that I can actually see like, wow, God has really moved me into some sweet places. And I'm pretty sure that the end result was Rick saying that you should take over for him when he retires. If I that remember, if I remember that staff meeting correctly. <laughs> I, <laughs> so be on the lookout if you go to Saddleback. It's on the podcast now, so it's gonna it's gonna happen. <laughs> it's taken off. <laughs> That's really funny. Daily faithfulness. Daily faithfulness. We talked about Jason in our our Kairos episode, uh, the the seasons of time, and when we're in the season of time, when we're in that Kairos moment, you don't know you're really you don't know you're in it until usually after that you've had some time to slow down to reflect, and you go, oh my gosh, so much happened in that season, so much happened in that. Uh, time period. It could be three weeks. It could be three months. It could be three years, but it's the quality of life that takes place. It's it's the depth of understanding that takes place in that moment of time that makes you, that makes you pause. Um, and I hear you saying that. And I think there's something really important, what you said, the daily faithfulness, just stacking mm-hmm. daily faithfulness on one day on top of the other, another day on top of the other. And God gets his hands 
things in there and he compounds it and he does some really beautiful, amazing things Mm -hmm. with that. I love that. I love the way you put that. Yeah. So question for you. Go for it. Sorry. I'm in the seat where I can, I can really see, like I, this is for sure is not to toot my own horn because I'm not that kind of a person, but I just see, I'm in a season of a lot of favor, you know, with my leadership and what I've been entrusted with to, to lead on behalf of the church. Um, and I think it's just really sweet. It's like, you know, you spend time like plowing the field and then you plant the seeds and you try to take care of it. And, you know, I think about like, around the time, like maybe five or six years ago, I really had this vision for like, um, this, this passage in Jeremiah, blessed is she who trusts in the Lord. She's like a tree planted by the water that sends out mm. its root by the stream and does not fear when he comes for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought. I just started to have this picture of like, I want to be like, a tree planted by the water that grows deep roots and provides shade for other people. And, you know, I kind of like had that, that vision and that heart. And then just through like daily showing up and letting God form me. I mean, leadership is like the greatest, you know, formative tool that God can, (laughs) can give you. Um, but now I'm seeing, you know, deeper roots. Now I'm seeing all of the, um, the favor and it's just, it's really beautiful. And I think it's my personality just to like, okay, but what's next? What's next? But really like stopping and pausing and seeing what God is doing and really celebrating the fruit, I think is, is something I'm really enjoying in this season. Awesome. That's awesome. So for those listening, um, for even young Sarah, right? For let's say, let's say 20, 21 year old Sarah. And for those listening who are feel like they're maybe stuck or in a holding pattern or in a waiting season, what would you say to them? What would you say to yourself then? If you can go back with all the wisdom you have now? I mean, the the question is funny because you just couldn't tell me anything when I was 21. (laughs) You know, so even if like future me traveled back in time and appeared to young me, I would have been like, Psh, you don't know like, who is she? Knows what I know. <laughs> Gross. Who have you become? <laughs> uh, so that's my, my honest, my honest truth. And I wish like, I just wasn't the kind of personality that was like looking for mentors. There are a lot of young people now that are really hungry for mentorship. And I think that is so beautiful. I just didn't have that perspective. I had the perspective yeah. that no one could teach me. I knew all the mysteries of the universe, unlike, you know, everybody else. Um, but I think the biggest thing is, um, you know, a sense of identity. And I think letting God and letting the word inform who I am versus people around me, um, it just could have saved me literally years of heartache, years of depression, years of confusion. I think if I had found a way, um, to figure that out. I think it would have been huge, um, because the, the path that your life will take, I mean, you know, the older you get, the more you realize whatever it is you saw in like Disney movies or whatever you imagined, it's just not going to be like that. You know, it just isn't. Um, and if you are holding on to like what you think life is supposed to be, you're just, you're in for a rude awakening. (laughs) Um, so I think the, like, 
if anything, it would be to, to spend time in the word and to find people around you that can reflect who you are in Christ. Because if, like you said, if you can figure out, you know, who God is and who you are, then wherever you go, whatever path God leads you to, um, there will be blessing and fruit there. But without that, like, I didn't know who God was and I for sure didn't know who I was. And so my, my foundation, my roots were basically non-existent. So whatever strong force came into my life, I would just be tossed around by that. Um, so I wish I had been able to be more, more open and receptive to people that were speaking truth to me. Well said. I think well it's, said. Uh, I think it's nice too, what you were talking about with, that Jeremiah passage that you had referenced earlier, having memory too, having a place, (laughs) having some character, like the points in scripture that you can point to and say, I want to be somebody like that. Like I want to be somebody with deep roots who casts shade for others. I want to be somebody who can be called a man after God's own heart. I want to be, you know, or somebody who is blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are the, you know, like I want to be somebody who fits that description and, and just kind of have that as a back, you know, as a catalyst point. Okay. Say, I want to be somebody who's known by that or who's known like that. Um, so how do I start to live that out? And then just kind of have that in the background as you, are growing and moving forward and taking on new responsibilities or jobs to say, okay, I am a leader now, so, but I want to be a leader who is, who is known by that. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, I think that's such a great point uh, for people to take away who are still trying to figure themselves out. Yeah. 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 I know there were things that I wanted to be like when I was in my twenties, I wanted to be, you know, a singer and I wanted to be in a band, but none of it found a reflection in scripture. And I think it was so far beyond me to find mm-hmm. that. But I think that's what the wisdom of an older, you know, an older mentor could have provided me is that, you know, like there are, you know, there are ways that God has created us to be creative or whatever, but we're like, how does it find itself in scripture? Cause that's like the true character that God wants to, to build in you. You know, it just wasn't rooted in Christ. It was rooted in maybe my, my selfishness or my like self-absorption. You know? Yeah. I think that's a good point. Is, is God won't necessarily tell you what he wants you to be in scripture, you know, like be a singer or be a, you know, ABC job kind of thing, but yeah. he will tell you who he wants you to be in terms of your character and then the what can kind of come from that but but what god cares more about is who you are being as opposed to what you are doing i'm getting lost in my metaphor but i think (laughs) (laughs) who over the what i think yes exactly who you are is what you do is important but who you who you are is more important um and what you do ideally you'd want it to flow from who you are. And um, I've heard it said like your character is more important than your career to God. Um, and I think, I think that's spot on. There's a lot of different things that we can do. There's, I mean, humans are extremely capable. Um, and when there's opportunities, there's a, there's a lot of different things that you can do. Um, but you can't fake character and you can't uh, get around character. So who God is shaping and forming you to be 
is infinitely important um, because yeah. that informs every single thing you do from there. And there's no fast track to character development. I think I can see it now because I'm on, I'm on this long-term track, but I think especially speaking to somebody that is younger, you know, teens, twenties, like the reality is you're going to make mistakes. I think there's such a fear. And I know with younger generations, it's actually something that's been like studied and proven that the fear of doing the wrong thing is paralyzing to younger generations, but it's just part of how it is. Like the heroes in the Bible made huge mistakes. Like most of us probably won't murder the husband of the woman we want to sleep with. Like that's pretty far out there, but David was still a man after God's own heart. So I think in all of that, like, you know, character building and all of that, like it comes with mistakes. And I think that's so hard for us to, to embrace. Like you're just, you're just not going to get it right. But, um, I, one of the things I loved that my mom and dad told me when I was younger is, is that it wasn't, it's not about like the mistakes that you make. It's not about, it's not that you fall down. It's how you get up from that mistake. And that's where the character building and the years of doing that, that is what builds a really deep and a really rich character. Am I the only one who's thinking of Batman Begins as we, as you shared that? Yep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we fall down, Master Bruce? So we can learn how to pick ourselves back up again. Anyway, that just made me... <laughs> I didn't do the Michael Caine voice. I'm not going to end the podcast by doing a Michael Caine impression that would be poor at at best. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to hear it. No, 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 no. Okay. Maybe some okay. other time. A special outtakes episode, possibly. Um, funny. <laughs> um, is there any other kind of closing words that you wanted to share, Sarah? Any other kind of thoughts while we have you? No, I just, you know, I think representation is so important. I think that, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful, um, to be somewhat of a trailblazer for female leadership at Saddleback Church. And I hesitate to even say that, but I think it's it's important. I think representation and leadership is important. I wish I had, you know, people to look up to because I just didn't really have that when I was younger about like to have an imagination for what it could look like. Sure. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm on the long-term path to keep growing. And so I'm always happy to be able to kind of chat about it. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Sarah, I know that I can definitely say I am uh, grateful for who God has matured you into having known you, uh, worked with you, worked for you. Um, it's been really good. And, I, and I'm grateful for your leadership. I'm grateful for the things that you have taught me, uh, even indirectly, things that I think I've just picked up from your leadership in working in uh, just ar- around you. Um, so thank you. Thank you for being on the podcast today. Thank you for sharing some of your story with us. Um, my hope and my prayer is that I, it encouraged me, but I, I really pray that it encourages uh, those listening as well. Um, it's okay to wrestle and it's okay yeah. to be in a waiting season. And um, if you don't hear that anywhere else, you hear it here on the Doable Discipleship <laughs> Podcast. You have license to wrestle and ask questions and turn things over in your mind as you are waiting um, because I believe God is on the other side, mm-hmm. on the other side of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you for being here, Sarah. We, we really appreciate it. Uh, friends, we will be uh, back again, uh, finishing up our time series. So I think we're finishing it. 
it's coming right? soon within the next week or the week after yeah yeah and yeah. then uh, if, and then we'll have more fun stuff planned for you so uh friends we love you and uh we will see you again next week all right see you guys If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes and go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events lastly you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com send us your thoughts send us your questions your bible questions your life questions whatever who knows your question might just inspire an upcoming episode thanks again for tuning in to doable discipleship i'm jason whelan and i hope you'll join us again next week